This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. Uh, as always, it's your host Kyle, and uh, today's episode is is with a guy that pretty much everything he does, he, he's really successful at. And I, and I want to reiterate that point is that um, you know a conversation that I have today with a with a guy who is currently prepping for an Olympia. He's running a, a really really high level business. <clears throat> And, you know, he's doing both of those amongst um, what, you know, could be the toughest time um, that our generation and our society goes through um, this century. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's truly amazing where this conversation goes as well. So the guy, the guy I speak to today is John Jewett. Um, John is just a – so he's a, he's a professional bodybuilder um, – <clears throat> who placed fourth in the Olympia uh, last year. And, you know, um, he's obviously prepping for another Olympia right now. Um, he's making moves in the business space and, and especially in the education space. Uh, he runs a really successful coaching business. But today's conversation with John goes somewhere which I didn't expect it to go um, to, which is, you know, it's always cool because it, it was definitely in my wheelhouse as well. But the conversation with John, uh, we, we talk a lot about mindfulness and we talk about the role it plays um, in, you know, really any type of achievement and any type of self-actualization where, you know, you're whenever you're ever trying to reach your potential um, and, and trying to break through, um, you know, your, your ceiling um, and, and do things that you've never done before and go places you've never been. Um, we, we talk about and it kind of it ends up going into a talk about mindfulness and we, we talk about some of the studies that we've both um, researched and, and analyzed um, and we also talk about, you know, some of the ways that we and strategies we, we um, use in our own lives to incorporate mindfulness and, and um, you know, really um, hack the... Uh, the parasympathetic nervous system, um, which, you know, I, I mean, there's definitely merit to it, but it, it's really cool because, as I said, John is someone who, um, you know, he's an ex- he's extremely ex- successful at whatever he does, um, and it does it does reiterate the point that you know this is an extremely important topic, and um, it's an extremely Im- um, beneficial tool to be using in your daily life. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of business owners that can take something out of this. Um, and I think there's a lot of business owners that, um, you know, may be struggling right now, especially with what we're going through and, and questioning themselves and, um, and, and you're questioning if they're on the right track and, and really being, you know, um, paralyzed by these thoughts and and the emotions that follow those thoughts. So I think this is a really cool episode for any business owner who's, who's really looking to make this year, um, their year and, and really break through that, um, that that ceiling and and start to 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 make progress beyond what they've ever made before because um, you know John's doing a lot of things right now um, to you know he's on he's on you know a few different journeys that he's doing all of them extremely well and um, you know someone as as successful as John I mean you've got to you've got to keep your ears open you've got to you've got to listen and, and respect what he's doing so um, it's a really really cool episode for business owners who again are just looking to reach their potential that's really what we're about on this podcast we're about um 
you know, we truly are about helping you guys and, and bringing information and conversations that, that change your life, that, that allow you to, to innovate, that allow you to take, take action and, and make progress. So, um, this is just another one that we add to the, to the, um, you know, to the collection. And, and as I said, it's coming from someone who, um, is just an absolute killer. So, I'm extremely sorry. I've got a bit of a sore throat at the moment. Um, I've lost my voice more, more than anything um, after um, some presenting. But as always, guys, if you enjoy the episode, make sure you subscribe so that you can continue to hear um, uh, you know, uh, some other really successful people and, and also some content that we're bringing to the table that will help you become a better business owner and reach your potential. Uh, and, you know, if it is something um, that you think can benefit other people, um, you know, all of your sharing and, and um, the, you know, your support for the podcast is something that we greatly appreciate. So uh, as always, guys, um, give it a share, take a screenshot, give us a tag, shoot us a message you know, if you enjoy the episode and we'll see you on the other side. In their 20s and 30s that have, have COVID, which a lot of them are, they're okay. They're just at home. Um, just with like flu kind of like symptoms, but how about, how about for you? Where, so, so I'm, I'm in Melbourne, so Melbourne, it's, it's really funny at the moment. Melbourne's kind of getting secluded from the whole of Australia, like, uh, Victoria. So, um, all the States, uh, they're kind of like, because there's sport going on at the moment. So like our national sport, AFL, um, like teams are being forced to go into hubs so now Victorians, like last night, they had to fly every Victorian team out because Victoria's cases are really spiking. Um, mm. Nobody else is having that issue except for Victoria. So um, they're actually locking down suburbs now. Um, it's it's pretty crazy over here, man. Like there's some, like, so the commission housing, you know, so like that's like, um, it's like the government housing. Okay, yeah. That they have That they have over here. They're actually locking them in. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. So they're not letting them out, which is causing some controversy over here at the moment. So they're, they're kind of going, they've got guards locking them in into their um, commission housing, um, which is, it's just like, I mean, it's just crazy, you know, like it's like, that would be something you would see in a movie. You know what I mean? Like it's like, so um, that, that that happened yesterday and it's all over the news. Like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not allowed to leave the actual housing um, unit, um, which is just, you know, that's that's kind of how things are over here at the moment. Like, but the rest of Australia is fine. Like, it's it's kind of like just Victoria. We're seeing a big spike, you know. We don't have numbers like the US, but if you kind of correlate it to or put it to scale, um, that's the the thing that's probably, you know, um, you obviously have a lot more people than us, um, but you know we're seeing rises by probably like 150 cases a day, which I know that that doesn't sound, you know, too large. But if you know in context, it's it's pretty big to what we've had over here um, previously. So um, it's definitely happening, and they're locking they're they're putting suburbs into lockdown. Um, so they're trying to go suburb by suburb, but it seems to be just spreading. And you know they're adding two suburbs every week and these kind of things. So I don't know how it's going to end up here. Um, I, I really don't, but um, that's the kind of situation here. So it's a pretty crazy time no matter what. Like I think, I, I almost think it was inevitable. Like, I mean, it's going to happen. You go into lockdown and then you take, you, you know, you release lockdown and everyone just kind of 
you know, everybody wants to get back to normal. So they, they kind of just do it really, really quickly. And, and even myself, I found myself, you know, I thought to myself on the weekend, like we, we moved house and um, not, not this weekend, but the weekend before. And, and I've just found myself like doing things that I'm like, should I really be doing this right now? Like, you know, and, and um, there was kind of, you know, it seems as though everyone tried to get back to normality really, really quickly, which when they, you know, in hindsight, you kind of go, well, probably wasn't the best thing to do. Yeah, you get comfortable and feel safe and you kind of let your guard down more and more. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now it's getting worse again. And same here. Everyone got very comfortable. Like the roads were packed all of a sudden one day when we all like let up a lot of restrictions. And then, of course, we had all all of her like protesting and rioting. And then we just had like this 4th of July over here, which that's for, you know, we usually do big barbecues and get togethers and everyone's at the beach and you see these crowded beaches like, oh gosh, like all these big events and gatherings have been happening. So it's, uh, it can just easily spread it again. And so I think we're, that's what we're saying. I think it's only going to be getting worse, but it's not, it doesn't seem like it's something that's just going to be going away like in a week or two. It's something that's going to be around for quite a while. So, um, I, but also just restricting areas and quarantine and locking them down you'd have to do this for months on end. It seems like to really eradicate it. And it just doesn't seem like a, the best viable option, but what, <laughs> what else is there? I don't know. Well, that, that's the thing, man. Like what is, you know, like, and, and that's, yeah. we don't know, you know, like we, we actually don't know what, what the best option is. I, I was, I was pondering on this, like, a, you know, at the very start, I said, you know, cause I listened to someone and he said, I forgot what it was. And he said a doctor and he was kind of going against what everyone said. And he goes, you know, the, the only way he, and this was his, I'm not sure whether it's correct or, you know, we, we obviously don't know, but he said, you know, the only way to actually overcome this is to become immune to it. Yeah. Like doing a herd immunity, like just everyone just gets it in. Yeah. Which I mean, look, you know, that's the hardest thing is like there's there's obviously consequences on both sides, you know, like lockdown. Right. I don't know. It seems as though like, you know, whether he was right or wrong, he definitely, you know, he said that a lockdown probably wouldn't work. Um, and, and it seems as though, look, in Australia, to be honest, like there's been some, like the other states are doing really well, but I just think like all it takes is one, one well, like, honestly, all it takes is one mistake from one person, you know? Like, yeah, and, yeah, really. And it's like, you know, over here we had a, there's a scandal at the moment. So when people were flying into Australia, what ended up happening was, um, they would go into quarantine in hotels. So Australia didn't lock their borders at the start. Um, silly, but people would come in, they'd be put in hotels for quarantine. And then what ended up happening was the security guard, like he was, they were, they were all sleeping with people like, like during the quarantine and, and, and the security guard actually, one of the security guards actually got it. So he's got, he's the security oh, guard of the quarantine He's gotten it and then he's been, he was directly um, related to a big breakout and there's a big scandal going on at the moment. Like they weren't wearing masks, they weren't wearing gloves, like there's just heaps coming out. So, you know, it's just a wild time, I think. And um, as I said, all it takes is one little mistake and, and uh, you know, it's it's all up in the yeah. air, you know? Yeah, abso- absolutely. It's uh, So how do you control that, right? It's like 
people have vaccines and then it's even then it's like that takes years and then it could you know uh mutate and then it like what is if it doesn't even ever go away you know it's like the the flu and it just every year it comes back is kind of this little bit different strain so yeah yeah there's not quite a, a good answer i think you just do your best but i've heard that herd immunity and you just people let people just get it but then you're right. The other side of it is like over flooding, like the hospital systems and yeah, you know, people could be treated that are completely different from COVID are now like would pass away or not have care. So uh, yeah, that's, it's a, it's really a tough situation to, to draw. It seems real black and white. Like, Oh yeah, you just do it that way, but it's not, there's a lot of ton of gray areas. So that makes it challenging to make oh, a huge decision. gray area. And I mean, the most frustrating thing is like, you know, you, you, there's so many different opinions on it and it's just like, yeah. you know, you're like, it's just like, you, nobody knows. Like, you know, so, um, where does, where, what kind of, I guess the, the first place I wanted to start is, is kind of, um, where does this find you right from a, from a mindset space? Right. So, you know, going through this, owning a business at the same time, um, and obviously prepping for Olympia, you know, uh, managing, you know, it, it, it seems as though prior to this, you were already managing a lot. Right. And, and then obviously going through COVID, what kind of, you know, what kind of situation does this put you in and, and, you know, how are you actually managing this at the moment and, and what is the actual situation with Olympia and these kind of things? Yeah. I mean, initially going into it and having all these restrictions happening and COVID's a thing, you're like, I mean, first is what's my livelihood like? Because what I do is definitely not an essential service by any means uh, for one bodybuilding, just as a, as a profession. And then it's like, okay, well, if I don't bodybuild, what's my next thing is my coaching business. Well, who do I coach as other bodybuilders, you know, or just people trying to get in shape? Like, is this essential? Like if people are starting to, you know, they can't even go to the gyms. Like, are they going to worry about their fitness and their goals and that, or, you know, if they're losing their jobs, cause that also happened very, very quickly as well. I had some clients that just lost their, they're working in the restaurant in industry mm. and lost their jobs. So it's like, Oh man, well there's like an immediate hit of like client loss. So that's like the first mindset is just, can I meet my basic needs of like, mm. I'm going to be able to provide for a home and you know, everything that goes along with it. And so you have to take a step back and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Well, I'm not there yet. Like you can only control the things that you can control. Like, and so what are the things that I can control? Well, I can control my response to it, my emotions to it. And these other things, it, I can't worry, but I can plan the best that I, I can accordingly. So it was just putting those things strategically in place. Like, all right, you know, uh, from a business standpoint where you're allocating your money, like, let me just, hold some cash <laughs> so yeah. I can make sure I can have that liquidity to keep business going if I do have some client drop off. And so just trying to make that a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then it, it kind of unfolded and it wasn't quite as bad a, a hit on me as well because it ends up like you, I had a lot of clients that are, I, I just bring in a lot of clients that seem to be more stable. I think we talked about this before. Um, and I think just the, the type of information you put out is the type of people that you attract. So I put out this really informative and, and more like research based information. So I get these people that are a little bit more analytical about the process. And I think that also caters them in their lives as well. So they've had more success in jobs and, and things like that. 
So they're like in medical field or military or just stable areas. So I didn't have like a big hit in, in clientele like that. Um, so it ended up being okay from a coaching standpoint. I ended up had like no net loss. Um, I had some come in and actually some drop off and kind of all worked out in that standpoint. From bodybuilding though, that's just been a complete uh, kind of guessing game because I had several people that are prepping for these competitions and then it's like, well, what's going to happen with my show? And like, you have people that are really close to stage, like four weeks out that it's not a, it's not a, can, a state of being four weeks out where you want to hold for a long time. It's a very, you know, temperamental state. It's a very hard state to be in because you're so lean. So it's like, Hey, we have to make a call. Either we push this off for a couple weeks or we're going to have to pull you out of prep. Um, some people it, it takes a hard hit mentally because a lot of people are very outcome focused and very date focused and they haven't quite got to the point where the, their process enjoyment is, is there. And that's why they're really in it. They're looking at this end date of showing their success. Um, and so, but for those that just truly love to bodybuild and if the, when the stage comes, the stage comes, whether it's a show in a month or a show in two years, like what they, the decisions they make that day are still going to be the same. They love to bodybuild and make themselves better. So for those people, it really wasn't like this, this mental challenge to really overcome just like, Hey, how can I adjust this now to keep heading towards my goals? And so that's what we did. Uh, we just, you know, if there was home workouts or, you know, there was some food shortages, like how can we make that work? And then, Hey, if there is limitations, well, we just do the best that we can. And a lot of those people were, we're, we're just fine. Um, but, but definitely the ones having the, the hard time were the ones that's like, uh, my, my show date, you know, and it's, it's a very, you know, superficial rush reason why they're heading to stage for me. Like I love bodybuilding. I've been doing this for years. So, I mean, whether, whether the Olympia is in September or December, like it's, it's all good for me. I just, I just love to go train. That's why I got into it first at all, because I just love to train and go to the gym. So, um, you know, body, bodybuilding on stage was like the, the afterthought of it all. It was just a, a place to display what I've been doing in the gym. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, um, we, last week we um, had Will Crozier on the podcast. Will's a, a power lifter from here over in Australia. So okay. he won uh, pro raw for the, uh, one of the classes here. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of been, been up there for a while and, and we kind of had the same conversation, right? It's like, mm. you know, the, 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 the process orientation, right? Where, you know, a lot of what you do is you're doing it because you love it and you're finding peace in the process and, and, and enjoyment in the process and, and kind of like, it's, it's, it's more about, you know, reaching your potential than, um, you know, the, the end outcome or the superficial outcome. And I, and I think like, you know, I mean, it's obviously the same in business, right? Like, I mean, business is this thing that, um, you know, like a lot of the time, we place, and especially when we place emphasis on this end goal, like, you know, some superficial um, money, uh, money outcome, right. Where it's yeah. like, Oh, you know, I, I'll be happy when I'm earning this amount of money. Um, it, it's kind of like the, the same thing. It's like, you know, oh, I'll be happy when I make it on stage. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the reality is, is that uh, um, a lot of the time it's, it's the journey and, and the, the journey is the goal, right. It's like the, the whole point of you getting on stage or the whole point of you even setting a money, monetary kind of goal is the fact that you know you you obviously have to overcome some hurdles and and 
you know, thinking about the person you have to become to get there. Right. Like, and, and I know in business, like it's, um, you know, I, I remember, you know, early on when I, I, you know, I, uh, I was pushing my own physique to, to, to the, the different levels. A lot of it was like, you know, the, the time and, and, and it did happen at times, the times that I would struggle was the times where I was placing emphasis on the outcome. Um, and a lot of the time where I, you know, especially, um, when you would go in and you would be looking forward to training and you would just be like, this is, you know, that was the one thing you'd look forward to every single day. Um, it's the same thing, right? It's like, you're always, you know, when you're placing uh, emphasis on the process and you're finding peace in the process and you're truly just doing what you enjoy rather than, you know, uh, surrendering your happiness to some future outcome. Um, you know, it's just so important when it comes to, you know, sustainable success, which is, you know, you, you obviously look at, um, and you can kind of correlate. It's like, unsus- you know, when, when sustainable success is the only thing that you should ever be striving for, because if it's not sustainable, it's not enjoyable. Um, and if it's not enjoyable, it's not sustainable. Um, and, and, you know, especially if you're going to be doing this for a long time, right. If you, if, if you're going to be yeah. doing this for the rest of your life and, and especially, you know, if you're running a business there's a fair chance, you're going to have it for a, a fair chunk of your life. You want something, you want it to be sustainable. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I've, I've had clients where it's like, I want that pro card. Like I got to have the pro cards. Like, and, and so, and they, the process is like almost miserable because they don't enjoy it. And it's like, well, what if I gave you your pro card today? Like, here's your pro card. How would that feel? Like, mm. well, I don't know. You got it. Right. I mean, or, or like whatever your income is, like you just, you just achieve that or here's your, your business. But a lot of that, that satisfaction feeling that you gained from getting that pro card was the struggle and difficulties that you ran across in, in the journey. Like when I got my pro card, yeah, I wanted the pro card. I was, I, was, I had the, and I outcome focus, but throughout that prep, that was like one of the hardest emotional preps I had. There's a lot of other stuff that went on in my life. So uh, getting that was more of this realization of what I could truly handle as a person and all your other areas of my life and realizing how much more I can do, not in bodybuilding, but in, in every way, like it was this uh, realization of, of myself as a person, the self-actualization, right? We talked about this. Yeah. Um, so that value of a pro card, yes, it means like I'm a, a professional bodybuilder, but to me it meant so much more in just my overall personal development. And I think, realizing that along the way it makes you focus even more on your journey and that day-to-day that keeps that sustainability really going for the long term yeah I, I often use um the the analogy it's like so i don't know if it's the same over in america but over here in australia a lot of people strive to own their own home right it's like you know especially throughout their 20s and and you know 30s it's like everybody has their owning their own home dream. Um, and I say like, you know, what if I, what if everybody just got given a home at the age of 18? Like as soon as they turned 18 or, you know, I know in America it's more 21, but you know, what if, what if the government just gave you a house? Do you think people would actually value it the same as what they do now? Like, do you think it would really be a milestone? Um, and the reality is it wouldn't be because, you know, saving for a house and saving money, right. Is, um, it's, it's, that's, it's the, it's the, the struggle of actually saving the money that makes the, you know, the, the, the house so rewarding once you have it. And, and then that's what actually makes it become a home because of the journey prior to, right. It's what makes you value it. Um, and it's the, you know, it's the same thing with anything. It's like, you know, in business, it's like, and you would know this, right? Like when you're in the early stages of business, like you don't even know what, like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're like, 
I'm like, and, but you, you're forced. And, and the only way you actually grow is through making mistakes. Like, you know, the only reason I'm good at managing money now is because I previously wasn't. And I had to, I had to experience the consequences of that. And, um, and you know, it's the same with like, um, whether it's growing or following or, you know, just even becoming a better coach, right? Like through your mistakes, you learn. And that's the only way that you truly can learn is through these experiences and, and actually taking responsibility for the consequences of mistakes that you may have made. Um, and, and, and experiencing the emotional um, kind of roller coaster that comes with those as well. And, and, you know, uh, you know, that analogy, I, I often say that to a lot of the guys in our program and, and just anyone in general, because it's like, you know, it allows them to actually start to value the process and, and experience the emotions. Like I think, um, you know, like there, there's got to be, there's something to say about actually sitting with your own emotions and, and understanding them and feeling them, whether they're negative or positive um, because it's, you know, and, and I often think that as, as humans, like, and, and I don't know if you, if you agree, but, I often think that like sometimes we try to avoid those too much, right? Like, and I think that's something that um, it's very easy just to sweep things under the, under the carpet and, and deal with them another day or, or something like that. And I mean, I've, I've, I get, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been pretty deep into meditation and, and, you know, going med- meditation retreats and these kind of things. And, and that's one thing that I have learned from, from them is that I went on a silent retreat and, um, did seven days in, in silence. Um, and that was, that was a really cool experience. But the one thing that it actually taught me was it or showed me as well is that how much we actually try to neglect and, and we fill our time, you know, to, to hide or to, to stay away and, and not actually feel these emotions. Right. Um, and, and to uh, how easy it is for us to just distract ourselves and take us away from these emotions and, and these feelings and, and, the you know what i was saying before that these consequences um that are you know they're obviously physiological and they exist within within ourselves but how easy it is to just neglect them and and hide them and and sweep them under the rug i i think that also is like makes your response to things a lot different too like when something bad does happen and you're you have that because i was just reading on this too like it's for like Buddhist, right? Like mindfulness and being able to like experience the emotion and just understand that and, and kind of think through it and, and feel it then like rush through it. Um, I just, I did this, just said something pretty cool. Do y'all have um, float tanks over there? I actually seen that on your Instagram. Um, oh was, yeah. Okay. Cause, Cause I actually haven't yeah. done those um, before, but uh, uh, there's actually one across the road from the gym that I train at. So um I mean, I was going to ask you, like, how was that? Because I've heard some good things. <laughs> yeah. So I've thinking more about this meditation and I mean, everywhere we're so fast paced and it's like, you never have time just to like relax. And from a training perspective, like relaxation time during the day is kind of what like sleeping is tonight, right? It's your time to bring down into a recover, the better recover you have, the the more training you could do. So, uh, but it goes for work or whatever you're doing as well. But anyway, this was one thing I was, I'd been interested in and they have a, they have a bunch of different modalities. They use their massage work and um, they have saunas as well. But one thing are these float tanks. So it's a, it's like a pod. It's probably like, it's like eight foot in diameter um, mm-hmm. filled with like a thousand liters of water. And they have uh, 1200 pounds of Epsom salt. Which mm. salt, it's not salt, it's actually magnesium, but it makes it you extremely buoyant in it. 
uh, more buoyant than like the Dead Sea. You can just lay there and, and you literally just float. Um, but they also keep the water temperature like skin neutral. So you don't, almost don't, it's weird to say, you don't, like, don't feel the water on you. So the whole point of this thing is like a sensory deprivation. deprivation. So you get in, it's you're, you're, you're butt naked in there. So you don't want anything on you because it's sensory deprivation, right? Um, you eventually, you close your eyes, it's pitch black. There's, you have earplugs, there's, there's no noise. Um, and you start to have almost this out of body experience because you don't really feel your body or hear anything around it. So it's just you kind of meditating deep within your mind. And I was like, how long are we going in here? Like 15 minutes or he's like, Oh, it's for an hour. I'm like, Oh my gosh, an hour. Uh, I'm going to sit in here like for an hour. He's like, Oh, some people fall asleep. I'm like, well, I have sleep apnea. I can't sleep without a CPAP on, <laughs> but yeah. it actually, it flies by the time like flies by in there. Yeah. And uh, it is such like a peaceful, relaxing state. And you can really go into like, just, I went into like more like uh, this like positive thinking and visualizations and things of like, you know, good things you want to be accomplishing and trying to relax all the busyness as well. And, uh, it was a, it was a cool experience. So there's definitely something to be said for taking that time to just reflect on your emotions and, and experience them and, and learn more about yourself in those. And, uh, there was, a, there's a good, like, uh, Netflix, um, documentary series on, uh, it's all about the brain. And one of them was on like stress response. If you, seen this one is, is it have, called the um oh i i start you know what i, I started watching it a few weeks ago because um i think it's called like the mind explained or something like that yeah yeah i think you're right i think it is yeah. the mind explained and one the one one on mindfulness was showing these like this mindfulness approach that um before they, someone was to experience like pain, they had this like rise in like brain activity. Like they've already almost experienced the pain, but it hasn't even happened yet. And mm. it's like all prolonged. And then finally they have this like actual, like whatever they poke them with something and the, the pain response rises up and, and then it like slowly goes back down. Well, with these people practicing mindfulness, it's like no change just until they actually experience the pain itself and it's a larger rise, but then it comes like right back down. So you don't have like this buildup of a stress response before something happens. And then after it happens, they go right back down into this like baseline level. So it's like, gosh, imagine if you do that all day long, like someone cuts you off on the highway and you're like you're freaking mad for like two hours afterwards. You just like, you just deal with that emotion and then you just come back to baseline. Like you'd, you'd have a, a lot happier day throughout in that, enjoyment all day in your life would be so much greater. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, man, I, like, this is, this is the stuff I really love. Right. Um, that's, that's really what mindfulness is. It's the ability to break the spell. So, yeah. you know, um, we are, you know, we are, we are wired for survival. Um, and you know, sometimes that doesn't, especially in today's modern age, that doesn't play into our hands, you know? So, um, we have these autonomous responses that are, you know, they're kind of, they, they are literally based on our previous experiences um, and we are wired that way. So, you know, um, you, you can, you, this is, we, this plays in every factor of our life, right? Like, it's like, you can, you can talk about it with money, you know, like I remember when I was 18, man, like I spent money, like it was going out of fashion. I had no idea why. And I had no idea how to change it. And I couldn't, it was like this thing that it was just like money would come in my account. All of a sudden it's gone. 
<laughs> right? And it's like, but that is a, you know, that, that happens to us on so many different levels every single day. And mindfulness is this thing that allows you to break that spell in the moment, right? So it's a, it allows you to stop being um, just, you know, un, like controlled by your autonomous responses, right? And it's like, for me, it really comes down to becoming a better person. Like a lot of what we, um, and because you're right, like it's like, it's, it's the same with training, right? It's like, what, what stops people from actually pushing? It's, it's like they're already going through the pain. It's the thought of the next moment of pain. That's what stops people yeah. from going and pushing to their, their boundaries. And it's like, you know, that's, if we actually look at that, right, and we use that as an example, like just imagine what actually happens in life and, and how this actually happens in everyday life. Like, you know, the reason that most people aren't reaching their potential, you know, like, you know, self-actualization is purely because they can't be mindful. Right. And, and again, like that is, that is a really powerful thing. And meditation is the practice of mindfulness. Like that's, that's the mm-hmm. goal of meditation. It's to, you know, like you'll often see, and, and you know, you ask someone, most people struggle with it, right? Like to sit down with their own mind just for 10 minutes and they get frustrated at the fact that they get lost in thought so much, but the win in meditation isn't not being lost in thought. It's not to just be quiet. It's actually to break the spell and continuously break the spell. So to actually recognize when you're lost in thought and then bring it back to the breath and bring it back to consciousness and it's like, that is the number one skill. And in my opinion, right, it's like, just imagine we had a world where everyone practiced and was great at mindfulness. And it's like, like, just think about it, right? And on the large yeah. scale, right? And it's, it's just crazy because it's like, it is the number one thing. And, and even with training, right? It's like, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, when you're, you know, you know, you could be uh, balls deep into a set, right? And it's like, you, you, you know, you, you just drop in the hammer. Um, the thing that stops you from from going and conti- and pushing, right, is is the fact that you believe you're going to be in pain in the next moment. That is it, right? And it's like the only difference between me punching you in the face and you doing a leg extension is the is the story that you're telling yourself about this whole situation. Like you're autonomously, t- your brain does this. This is metacognition, right? It's like your brain is 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 literally um, creating a story in the moment and giving you a perception of what it's going to be like in the next moment. And this is why people, you know, think about it. Like the reason people can experience pain on a leg extension compared to getting punched in the face is just that story. It's just that, that lens that they've got on. Right. And it's like mindfulness allows you to, to actually not paint either of them and just experience what, what, you know, the present moment for what it is. And that's, that's a lot of where we can grow. That's a lot of where we can, push our limits and we can kind of, you know, become that better person, that greater person. And, and, um, instead of, you know, um, limiting ourselves, you know, from what's going to happen in the next moment. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, I just reviewed a research article on a, a similar topic with, uh, kickboxers and they, they put these guys through a 12 week resistance training program and half the half the subjects that's what they did resistance training the other half they did the same workout but they used visualization and also positive self-talk so but between sets and uh between workouts as well 
they would like think about what they're thinking about before these next sets. Like, oh man, this set's going to be really hard. And they would, the instruction was to change it to a motivational. So like, oh, this set's going to be hard. Change that to like, I can dominate this set. Um, and then they would have them visualize doing the set at maximum effort and not through like seeing themselves do it, but through their own eyes. Like they're actually in the moment experiencing it and using that self-talk. So when you actually go and then into the moment, you can take that and harness it and you don't have those negative things coming through. Like this is getting hard. What's this pain going to be like coming through? You got to stop. No, it's all those positive things like keep going. You got to win. You know, you're going to be better. And uh, at least in the study, the groups with that positive self-talk and visualization, they had like a 30% increase in the one rep max on squat and bench. And the other group that didn't do it, they just had a 15% increase. Um, So not that, there was some magical gains to be made there, but it's just uh, the power of the mind and those people just trained harder because they had that in themselves now. So, and, and that goes, for, like you said, for everything, like if it's your business or just daily life, um, you know, ha- having those positive things in your mind, being mindful can, can really push you to another level. Yeah. It's so, I actually created a presentation on this and, and this is something that I've, I've presented on before. And there's, is there's a, um, a study that um, they did on nurses in a really high, um, high stress environment. So there was, there was a nurses working in the emergency um, section of a hospital um, and they created an eight week mindfulness, like a, they included an, an eight week mindfulness practice on, on nurses. And um, there's a resiliency scale. I can't remember the name of it, but there's a resiliency scale of they create like a measurement. Um, and in, in simply eight weeks where these nurses, um, they took them through and they took them through the mindfulness practice and over eight weeks, that scale increased by 15%, you know, like in, in eight weeks, that is absolutely crazy, you know, um, from, from week one to week eight, you know, you could just imagine like a whole year of it. Right. And it's like, you know, and, and, and again, this scale increased by 15%, the measurement on average, um, which is just crazy, right? Like it's like, you know, if we actually think about resilience and, and how that ties into many of the different things that we, we, um, we do in life and, and how it can help us. It's, you know, again, it's, it's a similar type of thing, right? Like it's that you've got a study there that again, just, just reiterates on how important this stuff is. And, and honestly, it only takes 10 minutes of your day. And um, that's, that's the crazy thing is like, you, you can literally do this for 10 minutes and the compound effect in your life is absolutely crazy. And I think it just, you know, it's this, it's the habits thing again, right? It's the, it's the tiny habits that have you know such a large effect in our lives. Do you have a, like a certain time that you found that it's for, for you to do it? Is it in the morning? Is it in the evening? I mean, I, I, I'm a morning guy and then uh, this sounds weird. And, and again, whether it's just my mind, um, the story I tell myself, you know, like I I question myself on this regularly, but, um, you know, the morning for me is like, I actually feel myself not being able to be mindful or as mindful, um, unless I get that meditation. It's like a set for me. It's like a, you know, for me, it's like a shower, I get up. Um, and then the first thing I do is meditate. Um, and that'll be from anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes. Um, just depending on, you know, there's a, I can, I honestly think I can alter my state while I'm, while I'm meditating. And, and once I, it's sometimes it's quicker than it, it is. And some days it's not, um, depending on, um, 
honestly, depending on how busy I've been, like I find the busier I am with work and business, the, uh, the more I have to spend time with it and, and, you know, the longer it will take me to get to that state. But, um, honestly, I can, I think it's the only thing that has, I, I think it's life changing for me. Like, I think, I think it's changed my life dramatically. I think it's improved my productivity. I think it's, it's made me a much better, uh, coach, better, um, partner, better, better everything. And, and that's why I just, you know, I, I give it the time of day every day, no matter what, um, you know, I give myself enough time. So if it does take half an hour, I can give it that. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I place it at the top of the food chain for myself. So for me, it's morning and, and sometimes I'll do it more than once a day. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm feeling the heat, you know, I'll, I'll just take 10 minutes. Um, I'm pretty lucky, you know, the, in the office that we have, um, with there's a meditation room in there. So, so if I need to whip in there during the day and, 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 and should do another one in, um, or you get, get another one in, then I'll do it. But usually the morning for me is really good. Cause I find at night, like, you know, it's, it, it can be easy to fall asleep <laughs> to, you know, yeah. In all honesty. yeah. no, I, I, I ask cause I was just like, if someone listens to this, like, it's hard to put that into like, like, what, what do you mean? Are you, you know, are you sitting there with your, your incense and your like candles lit and like people think it's very like, it's like, it's, no, it's not like, it doesn't have to be like that at all. But no. I think, um, cause I, I like doing that in the morning as well, just to start my day. Um, but it's also kind of like auto-regulated too, that if I have a day where I've had some stressors happen and especially things that were like emotionally bothered me that are just weighing on me, I, I, I'll have a crap night's sleep. So usually I have to unpack that a little bit in my mind, experience that and kind of talk through it. So I'll have times in the evening where like I'll add that in. But same thing, like I'm in my office, like I'll just chill in my office chair and just just yeah, un- unpack it, you know? Um, Maybe I'll turn my my spare room into a meditation relaxation room too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's one of those things. I think it it obviously has like, and this is everything in life, right? It's like people paint it with a perception that they see in a movie or they read in a book or like you know. Sure. And it's like for me, it's not like I mean, I mean, people probably think I'm a hippie with the way I talk and stuff. Like I <laughs> I talk about it quite a bit, right? But it's like you know, like I'll be just sitting in my car, man, and it's like three four minutes like i'll just be like okay let's go and and i'll just drop in and and it's just like you know you're practicing and, and again it's that re- for me it's the mindfulness thing i think i think mindfulness is, is is super important but it just allows me to to reignite that or at least it, it, it just changes my perception in that moment and and you know it's just that again it's the like when you can alter your state like that and you know, like where we all get frustrated, we all get angry, we all get tired. We all get all of these, we all feel these emotions and these feelings. Right. And it's like my ability to, you know, I, I can honestly say I woke up this morning frustrated for some reason, right? Like I, I don't even know why I was just painting everything. And, and, you know, you almost feel a little bit sorry for yourself at times. And all of a sudden, like for me, it's the meditation that just goes, it just like, okay, there's, you, you can drop that emotional response um, cause, cause the reality is my, my life isn't any different to yesterday, <laughs> you know, like nothing's bad's happened to me. It's just, it's just, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, our emotions get the better of us and, um, you know, meditation for me on a daily practice and, and in my day every day and, and my ability to drop in, in different moments and actually practice that in real time, because it's not about the meditation. It's not about the 10 minutes that you do it for it. It's about the compound effect that it has in every other moment of your life, right. In, in, you know, in every other moment in your day, when, you know, 
maybe someone says something that, you know, um, it, it attacks your survival mode, you know, it attacks your, your, your response system and, and you just want to, you know, like you, you want to go and, and, and it's not the best thing to do. It's not going to get you the best result that you, you want for your day. Um, and, and they, what that person wants for their day. Right. And, and that's the, the thing is like mindfulness is like this thing that you should, you know, it, it once you get good at it during that 10 minutes, it starts to, to kind of, um, express itself in everyday life and and it just allows you to become a better person it's it allows you to change your trajectory at any point in time yeah i've i think just just bodybuilding you have to be so uh, introspective and and also just oh, so self-aware to be able to monitor your physical self and know the right decisions to make but within that you're also monitoring your like internal thought processes and making sure you're making these choices so just the bodybuilding process itself it has a lot of mindfulness components to it. And I think people like it, you know, use these things like kind of unknowingly without really attaching a label to it. Um, I think oh, that's, you know, they're going to say like, yeah. could you imagine like back in the day, right? Like, um, you know, Dorian Yates, like, you know, he's not going to call it mindfulness, but really it's like, you know, what allows it, you know, everybody to train this hard and, and yeah. to kind of, to, to push to these limits. It really has to be mindfulness in a sense. Cause like, you know, there's no doubt that these guys had, um, you know, probably some, some, some times where they're like, holy shit, this is really hurting or, or holy shit, you know, like you just think about it, but then like mindfulness, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's, um, direct or indirect or, you know, um, you know, whether they're choosing to be mindful or, or whatever it is, it's like, it's probably still happening. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's teams now, sports teams, they all have sports psychologists and like every, there's a realization that there's a huge mental component to it, but I feel like it gets very disconnected because I, kn- I know we talked about how you try to take areas in, in one, one aspect of whatever it may be and apply, see how else you can apply it throughout your life. And mm-hmm. so in sports, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. They need to work on their minds to, you know, focus and play better. Like, well, what about for your work or your business? You're like, mm-hmm. uh, that's the same. <laughs> yeah. You don't just grind away. It's like, no, you can apply those same approaches and it's same thing, like setting your goals and join the process and being mindful to not, you know, responding emotionally when you're and, and do it, make an appropriate decision within your business. Like all these things have like carry over within each other in every aspect of your life. Yeah. hundred percent. What's a, uh, so, I mean, what's a pivot that you've had to make over say the last couple of months from a, a business perspective and, and also, you know, um, even just like, let's, let's kind of just everyday life, right? Like, so what's a, like, and, and even with your training and these kind of things, what are some of the pivots that you've had to make with obviously the new circumstances that are, that have, um, kind of been thrown at you? At least, at least for like within training, I'm pretty fortunate to, to have a small like family owned gym, the owner just caters to bodybuilding. And so I had like the home gym set up a little bit, but I could still go train at my normal gym. I was basically the only one there that could. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, just, just, you know, very, very blessed in that sense. Um, as far as other things was definitely one thing was doing this website that I've been trying to build for a while and starting it at a time when it was also, this uncertainty with, with business itself and where direction is going to go. And like to put enough uh, time into doing the content development for the website, I was going to have to cut back on taking on more clients. And that's also like kind of putting a pause on income. And it's like, 
gosh, should you just hold off? And, you know, then you think, what, what about all the what ifs start coming in? Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for me to, to like just overextend myself. And I know that as well. Like I'll keep taking clients on, I'll keep taking on other projects until I'm just like, have no time to just, uh, you know, take a break. So this was definitely like a big decision for me is like, I'm going to go all in on this website and I'm, I'm going to limit my client base. And this is like a good long-term decision for me. And just, just trusting that all the, all the pieces have lined up and I'm with the right, right people to make that happen. And it just felt right to do it. And also I was feeling to just keep taking clients on and not have something bigger that I'm projecting towards. It makes me feel very stagnant and like I'm not growing. Like I've kind of reached this, this point of like, I can only work with so many individual people. Like how can I help people at this grander scale? Mm-hmm. And so that was the, the choice to make. And I, when I finally felt more anxious about not doing it, I'm like, okay, I rather feel just more, more, more anxious about, you know, more comfortable uh, making a call than just feeling anxious about not doing it. Like, so that was a big one business cho- choice wise to do, but yeah. I've been really happy that I'm, I'm doing it now. What, what, so, so I just want to kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, what, what, do, what do you think allows you to make those choices, right? Like what do you think is that on a personal level? Um, is it, you know, your previous experiences? Is it the fact that, you know, you, you can trust yourself with these kind of things or, you know, the fact that, you know, no matter what you're, you're the type of person that will, will kind of, will make it work no matter what, or that will kind of put in the work and, and is, is, is willing to kind of make the mistake in order to, to obviously um, get that next step in, in, in your, you know, um, both your career and, and obviously um, just progress as, on an individual level. What do you think kind of, how do you, what is that decision-making pro, what does that look like that decision-making process? And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, what allows you to make those tough decisions? Do you think? I mean, I might answer the later first. Um, going through school, I had, I had never like really committed a, a lot in first in when I was going in college because I didn't I was quite I was undeclared, so I just never went all in on things because I was just like oh I don't know really quite what I want to do. Then I then I figured that out like all right I I picked my degree, and I had to go through this coursework. I knew the direction I wanted to head, and so I had that in me. But I went to this the uh, physics class. I'm I'm not a chemistry degree, you know, or, or or like the science degree. I'm an exercise science degree. So uh, physics was like quite a push outside of my comfort zone. But he told us at the beginning of this this class, he's like, eighty um, percent of this class is going to fail. That was like, I don't know if that was the motivational speech, but they were like, <laughs> holy crap! Like, is that just the set standard? Like, do you make sure eighty percent of the class fails? <laughs> And I was just like, you know, I, you know, I was like, screw this, man. Like I'm, I'm going to make a in this class and I studied nonstop. I like, never have in that class. I ended up making an a in that class. And it truly was like, by the end, I think we had like 120 people in that class. There was like 30 people left in it. Um, it was way cut down. And, but I made an a in it. So I was like, holy crap. Like if I apply myself, like I, I can accomplish nearly probably whatever I want. <laughs> you know, there's, there's limits obviously, but um, that just gave me a lot of self-belief. And I always remember that one class because it like, it seemed like this impossible task and I did it. So now I was like, man, if I, I can really, you know, put everything into something, I can have an accomplishment. So, uh, so going into any, any endeavor, like whether it's this, this website or my business or bodybuilding, 
it's like if, if I put if I can put everything into it and believe in it, believe in myself, um, there's no doubt anymore in that. But as far as like the decision process on it, uh, I, I do have to remove myself emotionally. And that's just what we've been talking about this whole time, because right away, all the emotions sink in of, of fear or mm. anxiety or fear, you know, that fear of failures there. Um, you know, what, what if I don't make the money, you know, all, all those other questions that everyone has as, as a, as a business owner. And you just have to like truly remove that and be like, what's, what's real? Like what's reality of this? And do I love this? Yes, absolutely. This is going to make me happy. What I love to do, then pursue that because pursuing the love of what you do, all the rest is going to fall in place. And, um, that's always been, been the case for everything I've done, you know, whether it's bodybuilding, I just loved it. So I went all in on it, uh, coaching people, same thing. And it was successful. Like I, I wasn't forcing a business to happen. People were asking me to do these things. People are asking me to make this, this website and educate them. So the, the need of what people want is there, the love for it's there. So it's just all makes sense to, to just go for it. Um, and, and take, take away like, the negative emotions and go off the positive emotions, you know, yeah. say non-emotional decision. Well, there is some like some good positive emotions that you should, you should go on. But. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know where I read it, but there's like a, a, I forgot, but you know, um, the famous formula for success, right? Do what you love and just do it to the best of your ability. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like truly do it to the best of your ability. And that, that obviously comes with, with, and if you actually just draw everything back to that, um, that's what gives you those decisions, right? It's like, okay, do I love doing this? Um, and, and if I didn't do this, would that truly be doing it to the best of my ability? Um, and it's a simple question. And then, you know, you put yourself a, a big part of success and, and I mean, achieving or, you know, whatever that is, is more about reaching a potential. It's like, you got to put yeah. yourself in those vulnerable positions because without that, um, you know, you may not actually reach that potential because, you know, as hu- we, as humans, we are wired to survive. Um, so a lot of the time when we put ourselves in these situations, we, we often, it's the fear of, of failure that, um, that causes us more problems than the actual, um, you know, the actual process of it. Comfort, comfort feels good, right? Being comfortable and yeah. getting pushed outside your comfort zone and pushed outside that homeostasis. But how do you make a change is getting pushed outside that homeostasis homeostatic space and into that uncomfortable area and that's how you keep really really moving forward and i just it's so sad because i feel like so many people get stuck in that that comfort zone and they just never progress from there and they don't pursue their passions because of all those fears and discomfort that comes from this this going forward but that's what i would say is like man the how much you could open up more as a person for going for those things it's 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 huge you know what it could do for you yeah i mean it just stresses the point of doing the work on yourself right like i think you know it's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time but that introspective work is is so powerful um on that level because um you know it's just got to be done because the more you learn about yourself the more you can kind of change your trajectory and and actually start to push those limits and and find peace during that that whole process um and 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 you know break through those limiting self-beliefs and um yeah, it's just so important. Uh, I want to say thanks for coming on, man. Like, um, it was a really cool episode. Uh, as I said, I don't like to plan these too much because, because a lot of the conversations can come from just, you know, 
you know, as long as we ask one good question and, and it flows on from there. And, and who would have known that we would have talked about mindfulness, right? But um, I know, I know. We, we've been on this, the same wavelength, I guess, because I've been, uh, I just did a whole lecture for my website on, on mindfulness and stress relief. And uh, it, it just shows you how big a part it truly is, like that, what that comes from, what comes from internal uh, in the mind. So for sure. <laughs> sure 100% man I think like I've for a long time especially because you you know when you first initially push through your own limits right you go whoa like what just happened like that very first time that you you know like for you it was that 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 class um you know I I can't remember like for me there's there's many of those in you know along the journey but I remember the you know a lot of that time that first time like oh what just happened? Like, you know, and, and, and a lot of it does, you know, stem from the mind and, and, you know, it, it starts there. So, um, where can, where can everyone find you, John? Um, just so for, for the guys, you know, a lot of them will know you, but then for, for everyone that doesn't, where can they find you and, and what kind of stuff do you have going on at the moment? Yeah. Uh, a lot of my content uh, through Instagram. So at John Jewett three, you can find me there. Uh, current website is at J three uh, sports rd.com. That's my coaching info, but the new website that will be coming out will be a, a whole bodybuilding, not just bodybuilding, but any division for men and women education platform. So basically, how do you do the whole process from just like what we talked about today, the, the my, mental state to all the physical components and getting on stage, the nutrition, training, everything. So it'll be the, an all-inclusive uh, site to encompass that, and that will be j3university.com. So... And uh, I am an animal uh, sponsored athlete, so I, I do a lot of videos on YouTube, but they're through the animal YouTube channel. So you can see a lot of videos and content and follow my journey to Olympia uh, on that, on that via stream. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. And I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, dude. I loved it. Hey guys, this is just a friendly reminder that if you enjoyed this episode, if you got something out of it, if you learned, if this conversation sparked some innovation and change in your mind, uh, then hit the subscribe button so that we can continue to, to generate some great conversations with those that are successful in the industry that you know, spark change and innovation in your mind and, and really just make a difference in your life. And again, if it is something that you continuously enjoy, uh, you can also leave us a review in the iTunes app, uh, uh, which is just located below this episode. You'll be able to find it. Big thanks, guys. Big love. And I'll see you in the next episode.